Hi, everyone. This is Joe Waters, and this is Cause Talk Radio, and I'm here, of course, with my fabulous host, Megan Strand. Hey, Megan. Hello, Joe. Megan, have you got all the Garanimals bought already for back to school for the kids? You know what I did this year? I bought what? everything online because I just couldn't see it. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, You're pretty smart excited. Shopper. I'm so smart. Not as smart as our guest today, though. That's right. That's right. And we have a great guest today, someone I admire a lot, someone I've written a lot about, and some who I, a person I was really impressed with when I was at Cause Marketing Forum uh, back in June, Aria Finger, who is the president of TMI, a new agency from DoSomething.org. Hey, Aria, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks, guys. I thought you, you were fabulous. She at, was uh, fabulous. Forum conference. I could have listened to you all day, Aria talk. She was rated as one of the uh, most favored speakers. Yep. Well, thanks, guys. It was a blast. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. you inviting me, Megan. Yeah, it's it's a uh, you have so much energy. No one has ever said anything different. <laughs> it's it, you know I, I said you know to it's like you know when Winston Churchill first met FDR, he said it was like opening his first bottle of champagne. That's like <laughs> you know what I mean, a big pop. <laughs> uh, when I listened to you speak. So it was it was great, and I've been really eager to have you on. So thanks for joining us today. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about TMI and especially its connection with DoSomething.org? Sure. So DoSomething.org, we're one of the largest organizations for young people and social change. So our whole goal is to get these young people off their butts and uh, finding a cause they're passionate about and taking action. Yep. And over the past, you know, uh, eight years of Do Something, we've had a lot of not-for-profits and companies coming to us saying, you know, can you share your special sauce? Can you teach us how to reach these young people so that they can engage in these social change campaigns? And we've always had to say no. We just didn't have the time or the bandwidth, and we wanted to help these folks, but we couldn't. And so we finally thought, let's start an agency that was dedicated uh, to helping people understand young people, understand technology, mobile, social media, uh, and all sort of wrapped with the use of data. And uh, so we launched that two months ago. Mm, wow, that's fantastic. And how's it going so far? Well, it's going great. It's, it's also really fun for me because we get to work on a wide variety of causes that we might not get to work on, you know, in our day jobs that do something. And so it's a great opportunity to sort of broaden those horizons and, and learn some stuff. Are you working with, are, with companies marketing directly to millennials with or without a cause component? Or is there always a cause something wrapped in? Right now, there's always a cause wrapped in. Um, we also have a data subscription that we uh, sell to companies and not-for-profits. And, and mm. truth be told, they can use that for, I guess, whatever they please. Um, but most of it has a cause bent because I think in this day and age, whether you're selling something to young people or trying to get them to act, you need to have that social component in order to reach them. So, you know, whether you're um, Aeropostal and you're selling blue jeans, you know that you want to have that uh, charity component because that's when the young people will respond to you better. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Aria, are you are you free at all to tell us about some of the campaigns or some of the clients that you're working with right now? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so two of the really exciting uh, partners we're working with, one is uh, Pearson, the global mm -hmm. education company. Mm -hmm. And so we're working with Pearson on their education strategy, specifically in the digital space globally. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's been really exciting, especially as Do Something expands internationally. Um, we've really been able to see the international focus of what young people are like in the United States, but then mm -hmm. also across Latin America and across Asia and across Africa. So that's mm -hmm. been really fun. Mm -hmm. um, and then we're actually also working working with um, the AARP Foundation um, on some really fun programs about young people that are actually teaching and mentoring 50-plus uh, Americans. So it's sort of turning mentoring on its head and having young people be the resources. 
That's cool. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let, let I need that. Straight. Yeah, I know. I, I was going to say, like, young people want to spend time with people 50 plus. <laughs> <laughs> if, if they're seen as the one who's, who, who really truly is the know-it-all, then absolutely, right? That's right. That, there's definitely going to be something. <laughs> what do you think? You know what I mean? So. Well, yeah. I mean, for the past, like, three years, we've been running this campaign at Do Something called Grandparents Gone Wired. And the campaign is all about just that, getting young people to visit their grandparents or visit senior centers in their community and teach these, um, you know, teach these senior citizens about technology and how to use Facebook and email and Skype. And, you know, one of the things that you don't think about is that, you know, being in, you know, in a home or whatever it might be is isolating, it's depressing, and technology can really solve those, you know, cut across those barriers. So it's actually an amazing skill that these young people are teaching um, their grandparents. Yeah, no, that's the best thing. And then you don't have to visit them. You can just visit them. <laughs> it's a nice job. Hey, hey, Ari, share with us what you think are some of the myths about working with millennials. What do people kind of assume that's just wrong? I think the number one myth is that they're they're not diverse in the sense that everyone talks about millennials as if they're one big group, um, you know, and then they define them as young people, you know, born between whatever, 1980 and 1995. Um, you know, tell me what a 16-year-old has in common with a 31-year-old. Uh, I think that's crazy. Uh, but also, I thought the most, one of the most interesting things I saw at COD Marketing Forum uh, was from the Futures Company. And they did a comparison between boomers' first year of college and millennials' first year of college. And most of the trade were the same. They, you know, cared the same about the world. They cared about their family the same. They wanted a fulfilling job. Um, but the one thing that was different was that millennials, uh, who are first-year college students today, were twice as stressed as boomers were in the same stage of their life, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Um, and I think that that is really important to remember because we're seeing that manifest in some awful ways, like young people who are depressed or cutting or mental health issues. Um, but also, of course, that pressure to stress and be ambitious. And so I think we need to remember those stress levels um, when we're talking to millennials in general. Mm-hmm. That's an excellent point. Uh, so one of the things we've seen some studies come out recently saying that baby boomers are the place that most of the giving happens in this country and that millennials can be really engaged and th- there are great ways to engage with millennials, but that they're really not going to give you any money. Is that true? I think so yes and no. I think if you look at some of the numbers, um, is that boomers weren't sort of giving so much when they were 16, 17, 18 mm-hmm. either. Um, and so I think people give what they have. Um, if you look at the number of sort of volunteering and the people who want to get into the mix, young people right now are giving with their time. Mm-hmm. And I think that, not to say that they're savvier, but they're asking questions from not-for-profits and they want to make sure that they're using their money wisely and they want to know where the money goes, just like anyone else. Um, but so I think that we have to just work a little harder and make them know that that money is working for them. I mean, there are twice as many not-for-profits today than there were 20 years ago. Um, So they are being inundated much more than people were 20 years ago, so they need to be smart about where they give. You know, Ariel, one of the things I'm curious about, though, too, is like nonprofits these days, you know, from this perspective, they kind of have two masters. They have boomers and they have millennials. Can a nonprofit really serve both? You know, can, uh, you know, if you think of someone like Product Red, which I think is much more focused on millennials, obviously, and stuff like that. I mean, can they be focused on boomers, too? Can, we, can you serve both audiences, or do you need to focus? 
I think it depends if you're talking about donors mm-hmm. or you're talking about sort of uh, recipients of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So do something, for instance, we really focused in because a lot of people ask us like, hey, like, I'm yeah. 40. Like, why can't I do something? Yeah. Um, you know, and we say, absolutely not. We need to be laser focused on the demographic that we want to serve, which is young people 25 and under. Um, but if you're looking for donors, which do something doesn't actually do any individual donor fundraising from our members, mm-hmm. um, I think you can. I, I think that there's lots of organizations that speak to millennials and speak to boomers. Um, and also, boomers and their kids are friends these days. So you see lots of families volunteering together, and you see that as sort of part of a family ethos. And I think that's also really important to sort of pass those values down from generations. Mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about data, because Do Something has been really well known for making great use of data and technology. How important is that into a nonprofit these days? And and what sorts of things do you see in the field that make you cringe? Uh, well, I feel so blessed that we have two data scientists on staff because uh, they're just incredible. They inform everything that we do. Um, you know, I, I want a data scientist, Joe. We need a data scientist. No, no, like you guys that. really Where do we get do? one of those? <laughs> you, you think data scientists and like 10 years ago, you were like, oh, the nerds in the back. Absolutely not. Our data scientists are the most popular employees that do something. <laughs> hands That's down. saying they a lot. They are the rock stars. <laughs> yeah. um, you know what? I, I think it's just that people have sort of a lack, a lack of resources, and they can't always do the tests. I, I, if you look at sort of a classic donation page that a not-for-profit is using, I bet that we could bring our data scientists into your organization and within, I don't know, three, four hours, increase your donations by 25%. Oh. I think that there's just some simple things with messaging, with optimizing, with A-B testing, um, that we could, like, you could really help all these not-for-profits out there, and just unfortunately, they don't have the resources to do it. And so that, that's one of the things that I would love to make sure that not-for-profits had enough resources, they were able to be smart about data and technology now when you're when you're consulting with brands are you are you bringing your data scientists to the table in those environments too i mean they've got plenty of resources and they do all their research but is it is it different how you are approaching it as as how brands are approaching it well, I mean, I don't want to say we're smarter, but our data scientists, <laughs> let me tell you, they are really, I mean, they are really smart. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, 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 Megan, I already started to sound like every 20-something I know. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I wasn't saying me, I was saying other people. I, I'm just and, surrounded and by brilliance. Area, if I remember from Cosmic and Forum, you're not in your 20s. No, no, I'm old. She just she looks like she 50s, is. Aren't you? Yeah, no, <laughs> no I am I'm I'm over the hill by do something standards. I passed young person standards uh, five years ago. Um, but uh, but no, you know what I think the difference here is that uh, we live and breathe young people. You know what I mean? So every day we have high school interns here. We have two million young people who are our members, and so it's not, it's not necessarily that we're smarter. We just have better data because we have access to these young people, and so we can tell you that this is a great example. So if you ask young people, you know, what causes you care about, um, the troops comes up, you know, troops, soldiers, um, that's like really important, the military, of course, like, you know, supporting our troops is so important. But if you look at the implicit data, uh, when people go to our website and get to choose from a drop down on what cause they want to focus their volunteerism around, troops is dead last. And while I find that really unfortunate, you really need to look at the difference between explicit and implicit data to really understand your audience. And we have access to that implicit data that other people might not. Oh, wow. Why is that? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think, honestly, it sounds terrible, but people want to be seen as sort of supporting our military out there, but then when it comes down to it, they really want to volunteer with, you know, animals or the environment or poverty or something else. What is the most popular cause for millennials? Here I am being the, the... 
the generalizer. <laughs> what are some of the most popular causes yeah. among your population? <laughs> uh, the, the, the sort of top three that you always see um, are animals, uh, especially for young millennials, uh, or even actually for like under millennials. So for the like 12 to 16, yep. I mean like a cute puppy wins like any day of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, but then education and uh, homelessness and poverty, those sort of dual causes um, are always in the top causes that young people care about. Um, but again, education can mean a lot of different things. To some people, it means, um, you know, my school is terrible. I'm not getting the education that I deserve. To others, it means, uh, you know, student loans and student debt. Mm -hmm. And to still others, it means, you know, building schools in the developing world. So it's a catch-all, but young people experience education every day. And so it's something that they really want to affect. I, I have another question about TMI. So you've started this agency. Are there other nonprofits that have done this that you sort of looked to and said, hey, we could do that? Or do you, is this really cutting edge for for the field. You know, there's definitely folks out there who have uh, who have done something like this. So if you look at uh, Billy Short, Share Our Strength, mm-hmm. um, I mean, they started a sort of subsidiary agency like 20 years ago, I think. Um, so we're certainly not the first people um, to do this. Um, but I think because of um, sort of the rise of data and technology, we're able to do this in a scalable way, which is really exciting. Um, so, you know, our, our data, it, it's just data that we have lying around. So it takes sort of very little work to be able to put out this insight, which I think is really exciting. Um, and I think that more not-for-profits are looking at ways to you know, monetize their core competency um, while at the same time helping even more causes. I mean, Do Something only has 25 campaigns a year. There's lots of amazing causes out there like you know, autism. Autism is probably not going to ever be in the top 25 for our young people. That doesn't mean that I don't want to work with Autism Speaks and make sure that they're the, you know, the best not-for-profit they can be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I wonder too, Aria, if that will change. Like, autism has come such, like, on the screen, you know what I mean, for people um, in the past decade or so. You know what I mean? It's, like, grown in prominence and visibility and diagnosis and stuff like that. You know, do you think that could be different in 10 years when, you know, we have a new group, a new 20, under 25 that has brothers and sisters and relatives and stuff like that that have been diagnosed with autism. Not that we don't have them now, but we'll have that many more down the road. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think the top causes are shifting all the time. I mean, for the last five years, Do Something actually shied away from financial education because our young people were telling us, like, boring, lame, we don't want to hear about it, forget it. And we said, okay, like, we listen to our young people. Um, But then about 18 months ago, obviously, because uh, one reason is because of the recession, young people were like, holy cow, like, I need to know about this stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my mom lost her job or I'm looking at college loans. And so for the first time, we actually did a big... Um, financial education campaign last year with H&R Block, you know, we did it our own special way and we called it, you know, the craziest thing I ever did to save money. But we, we tackled that issue because a new sort of generation of young people said this is important to us. Could you give our listeners an example of a campaign that you, you're either working on right now or that's coming up? Because your campaigns are so creative. So I would love to, for them to hear what's, what's going on and do something right now. So my favorite campaign that we're brewing right now um, is based on uh, bone marrow donation. Mm. And when I say that to people, I say, hey, do you know anything about bone marrow donation? I said it this morning. The woman said to me immediately, oh, yeah, the only thing I know about is that it's painful. Mm-hmm. And that's most people's sort of first instinct. I think, they and have, I think you're right. 
And so the truth is that it's not. In 90% of instances, giving your bone marrow is just like giving blood. And people who need bone marrow transplants are um, young kids with leukemia or people with uh, blood cancers. And most people don't have a match within their family, so they have to go outside of their family to find a match. And it turns out that to, to get on the registry, to sign up for the registry, all you need to do is swab your cheek with a Q-tip. Mm-hmm. And college students have the best bone marrow. So we're like, okay, what can we do here? People are a little scared. No one knows about this. Um, there's also a dearth of minorities on the bone marrow registry, a dearth of college students. So we launched this campaign called Give a Spit about cancer. Uh, We had comedians headline it, and we launched it on college campuses across the country, simply asking young people to swab their cheek to go on the bone marrow registry. The exciting thing is we just did a pilot last year, um, and we've already had 20 matches and 20 lives saved. Wow. So this simple, simple act of swabbing your cheek can lead to 20 matches, and the 21st match is actually in our office. Our head of product, Mike Gantini, is going to be a bone marrow match for a a 10-year-old girl from New Jersey with leukemia so he's uh, he's saving her life so oh. it's pretty incredible oh. that's and a great so that, story how do you top that you no know, exactly but it just shows that, like the littlest simple thing if people are just educated and you present it to them in a fun exciting way you can literally change someone's life and so that's definitely one of my faves right now and we launch it this fall on um, college campuses across the country wow. what about corporate campaigns that have some sort of company involvement so actually, so it's funny, what we're just wrapping up um, is one of our, is our biggest campaign of the year, and uh, it's, called Thumb, uh, it's called Thumb Wars, and it's about um, texting and driving. And so we've all seen the campaigns out there that sort of like use scare tactics yeah. um, to sort of shame people away from texting and driving. Um, but the research we've seen shows that sort of millennial minds don't respond to it. Um, if you're a teenager, scare tactics just don't work. You tune it out. It actually doesn't make you less likely to text mm-hmm. and drive. Mm-hmm. So we needed to do this again in like a fun, exciting, peer-to-peer way. So we created these things called thumb socks, which, uh, excuse me, are condoms for your thumbs. And (laughs) they make it so you cannot text and drive. (laughs) And the Thumb Wars campaign is powered by Sprint, a longtime partner and supporter of Do Something, and Toyota, uh, of course, a cell phone company and a car company, both of whom have a vested interest in making sure these young people aren't texting and driving. Um, And so this year, we're asking young people to give thumb socks to their friends. So it's not some paternalistic message coming from do something. It's like your sister saying to, you know, her 16-year-old sister, hey, wear these. I care about you. And so we actually... That's a good point, too, making something fun instead of always being so serious and dire. I mean, uh, I did a session on that a couple of years ago at Cosmoc and Forum where we looked at kind of like humorous campaigns. And, you know, I think Movember, which we had on uh, last year, made a great example of that, too, of people who are using humor and fun and entertainment to engage people. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. And you've seen how the growth and success of that campaign has been incredible. So how did that campaign wrap then? You said it just completed. Tell us your fantastic, oh, yeah. wonderful off-the-chart stats that you guys always have. Yeah, so that one just wrapped. Um, and we had over 250,000 people like actively sign up for the campaign. So sign up on the website and say, I want to be a part of this, um, which was really exciting. Because, again, it's it's not like poverty or the environment or one of these hot causes. It's, um, you know, it's, it's sort of like a don't do that campaign. Yeah. Mm-hmm, so we found mm-hmm. a way to make it fun and exciting and to have a quarter million and young people raise their hands. Um, we were we were pretty pumped about it. We're like already thinking for new ways uh, to do it next year. So we were excited. That's fantastic. I want them condoms. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's a, so. Aria, your um, your agency is new. You've been around for how many months now? Uh, two and a half months. 
Great. Um, for those of our listeners that may be interested in working at TMI, which sounds like a fun place to work, I think you're doing some hiring, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. We're hiring um, someone on the business development team, which we're really excited about. Um, and yeah, we're two and a half months in, but all signs point to excitement. So we're pretty happy with how it's going. That's excellent. Aria, thank you so, so much for being here with us today and sharing all about TMI and Do Something and Millennials. If people want to find out more about TMI or Do Something, how might they do that? Uh, They can just go to TMIagency.org and find all the information. Excellent. And Joe, as always, where can people find you? Well, people can find me on my blog, SelfishGiving.com. And you can also find me on Twitter, at Joe Waters. And, of course, I have a bunch of cause marketing boards dedicated to all sorts of subjects and topics at Pinterest.com front slash Joe Waters. What about you, Megan? Where can we find you? I'm on the Twitter at Megan Strand, and I tweet for the Cause Marketing Forum at TweetCMF, and also blog for the Cause Marketing Forum at CompaniesAndCauses.com. And you can find Cause Talk Radio on Stitcher Smart Radio, as well as iTunes. We do encourage you to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And on behalf of Aria and Joe and myself, we'd like to thank you for joining us today for another episode of Cause Talk Radio. We'll see you next time.